Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Nano Life Science Institute podcast, offering updates of the latest news and research at the Institute. The Nano Life Science Institute at Kanazawa University was established in 2017 as part of the World Premier Institute Research Centre Initiative of the Ministry of Education, Culture, Sports, Science and Technology, MEXT. Scientists at the Nano LSI are combining their cutting-edge expertise in scanning probe microscopy to establish nano-endoscopic techniques to directly image, analyze and manipulate biomolecules for insights into mechanisms governing life phenomena such as diseases. Today, we are joined by Professor Mark McLachlan of the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada. Professor McLachlan is an overseas-based principal investigator of the NanoLSI and a member of the Supramolecular Chemistry Group. Welcome to the NanoLSI podcast, Mark. Thank you for joining us today from Vancouver. Can I start by asking you to give us an outline of your research activities and projects uh, that you're undertaking with the NanoLSI at Kanazawa University? Um, my, my research is in the area of supramolecular materials chemistry. So my group is active in a couple of areas of supramolecular chemistry, especially making ring-shaped molecules and studying how they organize. And we're also very active in cellulose nanocrystals. These are materials extracted from, from wood products. And we've been developing materials based on uh, waste crab and shrimp shells. Also, how has the COVID-19 pandemic affected your research activities? And um, what is the situation where you are now in your part of the world? It's been pretty challenging over the last year, I must say. You know, I haven't been on an airplane since last February when I actually went to Kanazawa for three weeks. And that was my last trip. This is the longest I've been on Earth for many, many years. Um, you know, our, our labs were shut down completely in March of 2020, and then we reopened in the middle of June on rotations where we were allowed to have a limited occupancy. And that occupancy has increased, but it's still, we still are on rotation, so the students can't be in full time at the, at the moment. Um, professors are able to go into, the, into their offices occasionally, so I go in once every two to three weeks. Um, mostly to to do Zoom meetings in my office, but it's nice to to change the environment because most of the time I work in my son's bedroom where I have a, a little desk set up. It, it's tough and, it, you know, those of us who are stuck in apartments and not used to having a home office situation, a lot of people are working from their, from their kitchen tables and from uh, kids' bedrooms and so on. Um, but I, I must say that I think that in Vancouver, it's been much better than a lot of parts of the, of the world. You know, we still have considerable numbers, but it seems like the COVID cases are reasonably under control here. So I guess the lockdowns have affected your research output in terms of publications. So we've still been able to publish a lot of papers. We, you know, in a typical year, we publish around 15 papers, and that hasn't changed. Um, what has changed is it's definitely been harder to get work done, particularly when we need to access equipment that isn't in our lab. So, you know, 
getting access to electron microscopes and mechanical measurement equipment in other buildings is really challenging. We have to under, the students have to undergo extensive safety training just to get into those buildings. And uh, a lot of the instruments are, are down and it's not possible to even get technicians across the border to repair them at the moment. So it's been challenging to, to access infrastructure outside of our own lab. Okay, can we now move on to your research at the Nano LSI? What specific projects and topics are you working on with your colleagues in Kanazawa? I'm part of the supramolecular chemistry team at in the WPI program at Kanazawa. And I work quite closely with uh, other researchers in the supramolecular group, such as Professor Maeda and uh, Akine. Um, we've been, in our group, we've been looking at developing cellulose nanocrystals that can be functionalized as new probes for atomic force microscopy. And the idea is that these can be inserted into the cells and undergo selective recognition of different biomolecules or ions. And uh, th that's a really important part of the WPI program is to be able to image the insides of cells. And that's how we're contributing. So at the moment I have collaborations on the development of, of uh, new cellulose nanocrystal tips. And we've also been collaborating with Akine's group on the development of new macrocycles and molecules for chemical sensing. Molecules that will change color or change fluorescence when they bind to some specific um, species. Using scanning probe microscopy to look inside living cells sounds like a, a really challenging area of research. What are the hurdles and issues that must be resolved to achieve your goals here? It's extremely difficult. <laughs> you know, the, the groups at Kanazawa have some preliminary results on the imaging inside of cells, which are amazing. These are the, it's essentially like using the tip of a record player arm to poke inside of a cell and be able to get information about what the chemical structure is. And so by changing the, the chemical tip that we have on our record player arm, then it changes the speed that, that interacts with uh, different parts of the cell. And so we're trying to attach biomolecules onto the, the tips, which are made of cellulose nanocrystals, in order to be able to tell exactly which part of the cell we're in, in order to image it using this probe microscopy. And what type of information do you expect to obtain by this approach? Yeah, one thing we expect to get is, is detailed information about where the ions are located inside of the cell, um, the concentration of them in different regions of the cell, which has been very difficult to access with other techniques. Um, it's also possible that, you know, these cells are still alive while they have the tip inside of them. And so you might be able to get information on how the ion concentrations and concentrations of other biomolecules change in different regions of the cell as, a, as they um, undergo metabolism. I imagine that other people have had similar dreams of looking inside living cells. I wonder what aspects of your approach are unique and could potentially be more effective in achieving these goals. What, one of the big challenges is to be able to get a tip through the outer cell membrane without disrupting it. So by using cellulose, a, a biocompatible substance that can be quite readily chemically functionalized, 
we're hoping to overcome that hurdle and be able to pierce the the um, lipid bilayer without too much difficulty. So I, th I think that that is the real barrier. Once you can get in the cell, it's much easier to image it without if you don't destroy the cell. And do you have any preliminary results from these experiments that you could uh, perhaps share with us? Yeah, I have to say that 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 work is still at a pretty early stage. We've been functionalizing the cellulose nanocrystals, but we haven't made much progress on that. Um, we've done we've collaborated with the Fukuma group in Kanazawa to look at uh, atomic force microscopy of some of the cellulose nanocrystals that we've produced in order to be able to attach them to AFM atomic force microscope tips. Mm. Um, but th this work is still I would say requires a, a couple more years of work before we can see any real results from it. And what are your plans for the next couple of years? Um, and how are you handling this, uh, this problem of not being able to move around and have face-to-face -face meetings and conduct experiments and so on? Um, how are you handling this? This, is, this has been difficult. Yet, I think there's been new opportunities presented through the use of Zoom and other online tools. Um, so I actually had a joint group meeting with um, Professor Akina's research group two weeks ago, uh, which went extremely well, and I think we'll continue to have more regular meetings. Um, professor Akine and I both uh, co-supervised an assistant professor who works in Kanazawa University in the Nano Life Sciences Institute. And um, I've been meeting reasonably regularly with him, mostly by email um, to stay on top of the research. I've also managed to attend the annual symposium and to attend a couple of talks at Kanazawa. But I must say the time difference makes it a real challenge to stay engaged. Yes, time difference is um... Uh, I think something that we are now becoming more accustomed to handling because of uh, COVID. Um, there's no way around it, I guess. It's the only way you can do it. It, it is a challenge for everybody organizing conferences now. So I have a couple of conferences coming this summer that are entirely online. And I I really don't know how they're going to coordinate it with, with researchers coming from Asia, Europe, North America and other places. So you are a regular visitor to Japan. You've been there many times. I'm just wondering um, about your observations of how scientists in Japan approach research um, compared with, for example, your own country or other places you've worked. Well, I, I would say that in Japan, there's more of a work culture. So it's typical for the students to to work 15 hours a day during the week, whereas my students would never work 15 hours during the week. I, I shouldn't say never, but it's pretty, there aren't very many that would put in the kind of time that the students in Japan do. Same with the professors. I mean, it feels like they are working all the time, including on the weekends. Um, it's, it's hard. I, I, I feel like they're, I don't know, that's my impression is that they are more driven than we are towards their work. Can we just slightly go back and uh, ask why you decided to pursue this area of research using probes to look at the surfaces and also more recently the insides of cells? So 
So I, I did my grad school in solid state materials chemistry and some polymer chemistry. And then I wanted to do something different for my postdoc. So I went and did organic chemistry and supramolecular chemistry. And then I've been combining that at UBC since 2001 when I started my independent career. And I got interested completely by accident in cellulose nanocrystals in about 2008. And we published our first paper on that in 2010. Um, and I, I started collaborating with people at Kanazawa University around 2015. They invited me to a conference and then we held a symposium, I think, in Vancouver. And uh, I had, had a few interactions with them. And then when they went for the WPI proposal, they invited me to be one of the international PIs. And in that role, I needed to articulate some kind of a vision that fit with the WPI program. And it was clear that our work on cellulose nanocrystals could be relevant um, to imaging the inside of cells. So it wasn't really something I would have been working on or was working on before, um, but I think it's a really cool goal that, that could have big implications in this project. A case of meeting people and taking an interest in other people's research, I guess. Absolutely. I remember actually, initially when they were applying for the WPI program, they asked me to sign some, like a one-page document, which or was a, maybe it was just a letter that said, uh, I'd be interested in collaborating with the group in Kanazawa if they get funded. And I had no idea what they were actually applying for. And then they went through the process and like a year later, I find out that they were successful for what is almost a hundred million dollars US grant and that I'm one of the PIs on it. <laughs> I didn't actually know I was a PI on it at the time. <laughs> um, but they've been great to me. I've, I've really enjoyed going over there. I typically go over there three times a year and spend two to three weeks each time and meet with all the different students and researchers involved. Um, it's, been, it's been great. Yes, and as you may know, the um, Nano SI has a, a new building, and all the people associated with the project are now in the same building, so they can talk to each other. And uh, many people from overseas, they have, uh, I think, 30% of the staff are international. So a lot of things are happening at the Kanazawa Nano LSI. That, that, is, a, that is a big difference that... I, I've visited a lot of places in Japan and international students are fairly rare, you know, compared to North America where half of our students are international. Um, but the WPI is definitely more international than most places in Japan. How would you describe the mission of the WPI at Kanazawa and its relevance to society in general? I, I think the vision of the WPI and, and not just my research, I'm a small contributor to this, but the vision for the WPI is to be able to understand fundamental processes in cells, especially as they apply to cancer. So the idea is that by understanding the processes that occur in cancer cells, we can better design drug molecules or receptors that will help halt um, or even treat cancer. 
And Potentially, it could be expanded to other diseases as well. Finally, do you have a message for your colleagues in Kanazawa uh, from far, far away in Vancouver? Uh, I can just say I, I miss you guys. It's it's been hard for the last year not to be able to see the administrative staff and the faculty and students at the WPI. I, I really look forward to the next time I can visit Japan. That was Professor Mark Clucklin, a principal investigator at the WPI Nanolife Science Institute at Kanazawa University. Details about the WPI Nanolife Science Institute at Kanazawa University can be found by visiting the NanoLSI website. The NanoLSI podcast is produced by the Public Affairs section of the WPI Nanolife Science Institute at Kanazawa University in Japan. We look forward to your company again for the next episode of the NanoLSI podcast. Mm-hmm.